Me again. Let's get straight into it. Here's the next chapter in the Gospel according to a sitcom writer. The truth about the Good Samaritan. Death and taxes are not the only certainties in this world. Another is that every year during the Conservative Party conference, left-wing commentators say that the Tories have taken a lurch to the right. Another certainty is that no matter what the forthcoming election is, it will always somehow be the most important election for a generation. And even though the results in most constituencies in the UK and most states in the USA can be predicted without even the need for opinion polls, your vote is, apparently, more crucial now than ever. On social media, people who love politics will insist that in this election, you really can't vote for the party you'd normally vote for because the leader is a philanderer, a Russian spy or a communist or possibly all three. No matter what happens, the right-wing politician is labelled a fascist and the left-wing politicians are accused of believing in a fantasy money tree. All the above is even more tiresome when it's run through Christian filters and we're invited to consider who Jesus would vote for. Jesus, of course, doesn't vote for anyone, nor does he ask anyone to vote for him. As Dr S.M. Lockridge said in his memorable words about Jesus Christ being King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you can't impeach him and he's not going to resign. Read the Gospels and you'll find that attempts to draw Jesus into talking politics simply don't work. He never takes the bait. Like a judo black belt, he always turns the weight of the attacker against them. None of this stops us from using our favourite verses from the Bible as weapons of political fights. Few have been used and abused more than the story of the Good Samaritan, whose example can be used to promote higher taxes, foreign aid, corn subsidies and whatever else you can think of. No one asks what the Good Samaritan thinks. We only see him helping a man who's been robbed and left for dead. But what would happen if he were to meet someone else? Maybe we'd see his true colours. Early manuscripts do not include the following. To a lawyer asking, who is my neighbour? Peter told this parable. A certain man on a journey fell among robbers who stripped him, beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. A priest going down that way saw him and passed by on the other side. A Levite also did the same. But then came a Samaritan who saw the man half dead or half alive, depending on how you look at it, and was moved with compassion. He came to him, bound up his wounds, poured on oil and wine, set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he paid the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, let him use the minibar and the spa, I will repay you when I return. And so the story of this Samaritan's kindness was told far and wide, much to the annoyance of the chief priests and the teachers of the law, who thought Samaritans were just the worst which is kind of the point. Then the lawyer said to Peter, so what you're saying is, the Samaritan, just wait, said Peter, don't put words into my mouth or the mouth of the Samaritan. That's another story. And so Peter told another parable. Another time, this same Samaritan was on another journey and encountered a young man coming in the other direction. This young man was poor and hungry. At once he recognised the Samaritan. Good Samaritan, said the young man, have mercy on me. Why do you call me good? said the Samaritan. That sounds familiar, said the young man. Anyway, can you spare any denarii? I need to get to Jericho and all my stuff's been nicked and apparently you have oil and wine and can I stop you there? said the good Samaritan. You know the commandments. Do not give false testimony. Do not steal. Do not defraud. Is that one of them? said the young man. I don't remember that. Perhaps you should tell me what really happened, said the Samaritan. The young man sighed. 
okay, fine, he said. My father owns land and one day I went to him and said, father, give me my share of the property. Whoa, really? said the Samaritan. Let me get this straight. Effectively, you said, dad, I can't wait till you're dead. So can I have my inheritance now? Don't be like that, said the young man. I was just trying to branch out, mostly to get away from my big brother, who was about as much fun as fasting while being stoned with rocks. Huh, I know the type, said the Samaritan. I know, right, said the young man. My dad realised this and gave me my share. And the fact you're walking along this road in rags, looking very hungry, would suggest you squandered these precious resources on riotous living, said the Samaritan. You have no right to judge me like that, said the young man, after all. Judge not, lest ye be judged. I don't think that means what you think it means, said the Samaritan. We all make judgments all the time. But returning to you and your prodigal habits... Prodigal? Who are you calling prodigal? said the young man. What right do you have to call me prodigal? You don't know what prodigal means, do you? said the Samaritan. No, I don't. What does it mean? Wasteful. Extravagant, said the Samaritan. Oh, right, said the young man. Profligate. Wanton. Fine, said the young man. Reckless. All right, okay. look, I may have thrown a few parties in foreign lands, said the young man, seeking to justify himself. But that's my decision. I'm just being authentic to myself. That's a shame. That's what I've always been taught to be. And how's that been working out for you in the long term, said the Samaritan. Hey, you're supposed to be the good Samaritan, but you know what? You're not looking all that good right now, said the young man. I never claimed to be good. That's for others to say. All I did was help a guy who'd been beaten up. I did what anyone would have done, except people who misinterpret laws so they can walk past someone who's dying. I'm dying, said the young man. No, you're not, said the Samaritan. You're hungry because you're foolish. No, you are, said the young man. Nice comeback, said the Samaritan. For it is written, it is a fool's pleasure to do wickedness, but wisdom is a man of understanding's pleasure. Where does it say that, said the young man. It is the wisdom of King Solomon himself. Granted wisdom by God, said the Samaritan. It is one of his many proverbs. Wait, you're a Samaritan. You don't consider proverbs to be part of Holy Scripture, said the young man, turning to some passers-by. Boom! Owned! Watchers, young man, destroys Samaritan. But you do consider proverbs to be Holy Scripture, said the Samaritan. So why do you ignore these words and then grumble when they turn out to be true? Ugh, now you sound like my dad, said the young man. I thought it was your brother who was the problem, said the Samaritan. Look, shut up, said the young man. Are you going to give me some money or not? I can do better than that, said the Samaritan. Go to Samaria where a friend of mine is looking to hire a young man. A job? Some bleeding heart liberal you turned out to be, said the young man. Mind you, if it pays well and is indoors with five weeks paid holiday, I'll look at it. Especially if I could work from home a few days a week. Although if there's a subsidised canteen, maybe I'll come in. Plus, offices are fun for flirting and it comes with accommodation, which is authentically rustic. And the job is very much part of the free range and organic economy, said the Samaritan. Oh, so I'd be looking after animals and sleeping in a barn. Yep, you'd be looking after pigs. Pigs, said the young man. They're unclean. You know, I don't think the pigs will be all that wild about you either. Despite having cloven hooves and being classified unclean and liking mud, they're actually very clean animals and intelligent, said the Samaritan. I think it'll do you good. As you watch the pigs eat their pods, you might learn a few things. It'll be character building. Ugh, now you really sound like my dad, said the young man. Mind you, if I manage to turn things around, it'll be a really good low point in my story. People love a good testimony, don't they? They do, said the Samaritan. Make your way to Nablus and ask for Steve. Say that I sent you. 
Fine, said the young man, who went on his way. You're welcome, said the Samaritan. I didn't say thank you, said the young man. I know, said the Samaritan, who went on his way muttering about the youth of today. Then Peter turned to the lawyer who was listening to this parable and said, Who was a neighbour to the young man? Are we still on that? said the lawyer. You're the one who asked a question about your neighbour, said Peter. Did I? Oh, to be honest, I was just trying to catch you out and find a loophole, said the lawyer. That's lawyers for you. And this is a sketch, so we play up to stereotypes. But I can't help feeling that second parable was very politically motivated. Isn't it just distinguishing between the deserving and undeserving poor, said Peter. I'm not sure that's a helpful distinction, said the lawyer. We're all sinners. Don't the scriptures repeatedly say, the Lord is gracious, merciful, slow to anger and of great loving kindness? Yeah, they do, said Peter, scratching his head. And yet the Proverbs repeatedly commend the virtue of hard work and faithfulness. True, said the lawyer. It's almost like we need the full counsel of scripture in our lives rather than grabbing verses to justify our predetermined, emotionally charged political opinions. I don't think that's going to catch on, said Peter. Anyway, this has been fun. In its own way, said the lawyer. And they went on their way, wondering what this could mean. This is not the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Why not go over and check out my blog, jamescary.substack.com. You can find a link in the show notes. Speak to you next time.